Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin with you for the Everlasting Word. Now, today's message is going to come from John chapter 3, and we're going to look at the very tail end of the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Now, we know that most likely the most well-known scripture in the Bible being John 3.16, where Jesus told Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's most likely the most well-known scripture in the Bible. However, shortly after uh, Jesus states that to Nicodemus, he changes gears a little bit and he starts to speaking to Nicodemus directly about the Pharisees. Now, <clears throat> Jesus, we all know that Jesus' march toward the cross began in Bethlehem, in the manger. And it's the, the season that we're celebrating being Christmas. And we all need to stop and thank our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for coming to this world. Coming to this world, living a perfect life, living a sinless life, going to the cross, being that perfect, sinless Lamb of God, and shedding your blood so that we may be saved. We all need to take time out and thank Him for that. And that's where the march started. But it officially started in John chapter 2, where Jesus is coming into the... He's coming in uh, for the Passover into Jerusalem. And the first thing he does, he cleanses the temple. For in John chapter 2, he says, And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. So... That's the first thing he did to start stirring up the Jews. And then right after that, he declares the temple as his father's house. He says in verse 16, he says, And he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. Now, these two things, just these two things alone starts to really stir up the Jews. And then the Jews start to ask him, by what sign did you do these things? And here is where he prophesies of his death and his resurrection. For in verse 19 of chapter 2, it says, Jesus and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Now, Jesus was prophesying of his death and his resurrection. Now, that really threw the Jews for a loop because they say here in verse 20, it says, Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt that rear it up in three days? I mean, that really began to throw, the, it, it began to anger the Jews, particularly the Pharisees, and it began to really throw them through a loop for who is this man that has the authority to come in 
and to cleanse the temple, drive the money changers out. And what that did, that exposed the extortion that the, that the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, had over the Jewish people. Who is this man that has this authority? And he comes in and he declares the temple as his father's house. And then he says, if you tear down this temple, if you destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. Who is this man? And that began some private meetings, some private discussions about what are we going to do with this man. And the last thing in chapter 2 that really began to stir up the Jews, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. So Jesus was beginning to get followers. He was beginning to get a lot of followers. And that began to upset the Jews because they saw that people were following him and they were beginning to lose the influence that they had over the people. Now, from those things that that Jesus did in chapter 2, like I said earlier, that began the private discussions amongst the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and when I say that, I'm referring to the Sanhedrin, that began the private discussions of what are we going to do with this man? Which leads us to verses 18 through 21 of chapter 3. Now, as Jesus speaks to Nicodemus about verses 18 through 21, Nicodemus is still trying to process, you must be born again, because he did not understand. He asked the question, how's a man to be born again? Is it go back into his mother's womb? And Jesus explains to him that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Then Jesus begins to change gears. He says in verse 18, he says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, <clears throat> I can just imagine, here's, here's Nicodemus trying to process you must be born again. And now Jesus is telling him that if you don't believe on the only begotten Son of God, that you're condemned. And I can, <clears throat> I can only imagine that Nicodemus was saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm 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 a Pharisee. I'm from the leadership of Israel, of God's chosen people. How can I be condemned? How can I be condemned? But Jesus plainly says that if you believe not, he that he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because just simply because. He hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, you have to keep in mind that the Jews were about works. Finding favor with God was about works. And here's Jesus saying, in order to not be condemned, you just simply must believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, in Nicodemus's situation, that was a, it sounds simple to us because we have sat under good preaching, under good teaching, but that was a lot to process for Nicodemus. And then he goes on to say, 
he goes on to say in verse 19, and Jesus describes the condemnation. And he says, and this is the condemnation, that light, that light being Jesus, is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, here in verse 19 is where Jesus begins to shed light on the evil deeds of the Pharisees because Jesus knew that they were having private conversations about him. This was all in God's plan so that you and I may be saved. Jesus knew that they were having private conversations about what they were going to do with him, what how the, the plan that they were going to devise or develop to do away with him, but yet... <clears throat> The Pharisees did not want to believe on the light. They didn't want to come to the light because they didn't want to give up their power, the authority that they thought they had. They didn't want to give up their stature that they had. Jesus knew their hearts, just like Jesus knows my heart. Jesus knows your heart. And we and and what our responsibility is is to come to him and confess the evil, sinful nature of our heart before him and let him cleanse us. But see, man's deeds are evil, and rather than being willing to repent of their evil deeds, they love darkness rather than they love coming to the light. In, in other words, they don't want to come to Jesus. They just want to stay where they're at and, and, and stay in their own evil deeds, doing their evil things, rather than confessing their sins and coming to Jesus and let him shed his blood and let him make them white as snow. But see, Jesus says they're condemned because men don't want to come to the light. They just don't want to come to the light. But then we go to verse 20, and and Jesus points out that he knows the Pharisee's heart. Now, at this time, in verses 19 and 20, did, did, did Nicodemus really recognize or realize the evil deeds of the Pharisees? He might have, and he may not have. I kind of tend to believe he probably didn't, but as time went on and the hatred and animosity grew more and more and more toward Jesus, I got to believe that these words that Jesus spoke to him right at the tail end of chapter 3 are are really about the middle of chapter 3, At the very end of the conversation he had with him, I, be, I really believe that these words began to, to ring in his heart and ring in his mind more and more and more. And they got stronger and stronger as those private conversations went on. And then they began to discuss, we, we, we're going to have to kill him. we got to do away with this man. And, and then uh, Nicodemus really began to see that these men's deeds are evil. And, and Nicodemus began to understand that Jesus is that true light. He is that true vine. And he began to really see the evil deeds of the Pharisees. But he says, in verse 20, he says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now, as we touched on a while ago, who is the light? The light being Jesus. It says, Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be uh, reproved. Now, Nicodemus knew the private conversations that were going on, and he knew 
that the Sanhedrin disliked Jesus. They didn't want to come to him. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. They were devising ways to see what they could do to do away with him. And and Nicodemus began to see that they don't believe on him, and they they truly don't believe on him. So since they don't believe on him, they're condemned. Even though they are the leadership of Israel, they are God's chosen people, Jesus plainly says, if you don't believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God, you are condemned because you love darkness more than you love light. And he goes on, and he says, lest his deeds should be reproved. Anytime we come to the Lord, we must confess our sins and we must repent of our sins. Otherwise, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. No man cometh unto the Father except for by me. The only way to access God the Father is through faith in the death the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only way. And we must come to him with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, confessing our sins and repenting of our sins and asking him for his grace and for his mercy. But see, these men that hate the light, they had rather stay in the darkness because they're unwilling to repent of their sinful ways. And then in verse 21, Jesus gives a contrast. He says, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, I'm sure that Nicodemus really didn't process this verse right here, what Jesus said in verse 21, but as time went on, It says, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Were the Pharisees coming to the light? Were the Pharisees coming to Jesus? No. So they weren't doing truth. They weren't doing truth. And it says that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought or based in God. So they weren't coming to the light. They hated the light. So that means that their deeds were evil. They were not wrought in God. They were not based in God. And I'm sure as time went on and the hatred just grew more and more and more uh, toward Jesus, that these words that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus really rung in his heart and rung in his mind, and they became truer and truer and truer, even even more so the t- right before the time when he went to the cross. And Jesus was exposing the Pharisees because he knew their hearts and he was telling, he was speaking to a Pharisee himself in Nicodemus and telling him, I know the leadership, what the leadership of Israel thinks about me and feels, feels about me. So in other words, men love darkness more than they love the light. And I hope this message has helped you, and I will be back with you next week. This is Joel Martin.